When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast as a part of the Behind the Steel Curtain network of podcasts. I am excited for this episode. You should be excited for this episode. I feel like, in a way, the Steelers fan base has had a lot of almost fatigue. You know, when you think about how the Steelers didn't play till Thursday night, you lose that game to the Cleveland Browns. You fall to one and two, and then you have 10 days. Now, last week, or I'm sorry, last episode, Wednesday, I compared that to a, a green cloud hanging over the fan base. I think at this point, people were just thinking, let's just get a game. Can we just get a game? Let's play. Let's go. Let's get this thing started. I'm right there with you. We have a jam-packed show for you this week. I've got news, injury report updates. We're going to preview that game versus the New York Jets. Going to give you my keys to victories. We're going to review the rookies as well. And then, obviously, we've got my DraftKings parlay coming up at the end of the first half. The heart-to-heart at the very end of the show. And in between that, obviously, the All Bets Are Off segment where myself, Jeremy Betts, who I spoke with on Monday, we're going to give you our NFL picks. His are good. Mine suck. We'll talk about it. Let's get this show off on the right foot with some news. There really wasn't a lot of news. When you think about, like I just mentioned, how... The Pittsburgh Steelers have had such a layoff. And yes, Mike Tomlin has spoken to the media on Tuesday, and there's been player availability and all that stuff. The one thing that I thought was interesting, I wrote an article about this on the website on Thursday, and I kind of him hot around about it, and I definitely changed it. It did not run when it was supposed to run. This all stemmed from Mike Tomlin's comment in the press conference on Tuesday when he was asked, this is the direct quote, When you were talking about the offense and the improvement, you said, we'll continue to tune out the noise. What's the noise? Here's what Mike Tomlin said. Quote, questions from you guys, which I anticipated, and that's why I wanted to display the resolve that I want our team to display. So that's end quote, by the way. So Mike Tomlin saying, hey, I'm telling my guys, y'all are going to be coming for them, and we got to know what's up, and we got to know how to answer these questions. So this kind of reminded me of, a classic scene, one of my favorite movies, which is Bull Durham. Bull Durham, you know, Kevin Costner's character of Crash Davis, and you have Tim Robbins as Ebby Calvin or Nuke Lelouch, who's the young fireballing pitcher, and he wants to teach him. Like they, they, they bring in Crash to teach 
Nuke how to handle himself as a professional baseball player. And one of the things that he teaches him is how to respond to the media, how to teach, teaches him how to just give stock answers. And so my thought was, when I heard Mike Tomlin say that, we're tuning out the noise, it's, okay, we're going to do our part, meaning the Steelers are going to do our part to make sure that you don't create more noise. So I, I was doing work around the house. Uh, we're still we're still working in our kitchen. We're renovating the kitchen. And I'm listening to Mitchell Trubisky's media availability leading up to week four against the Jets. And there was a question that was asked, and I've heard his answer, and I had to go back and listen to it again because it kind of made me think, I can't believe he just said that. This is the perfect example of you give a stock answer and you move it along. Let's go over the question. So the question was about the 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 play calling, and the question was a follow-up sort of to Matt Canada. Here's the question. You mentioned Matt calling the game, and you mentioned noise. There's a lot of noise that the offense isn't happy with how Matt's calling games. Is that accurate? So he's being asked, is, is it true that the offense isn't happy with the play calling and Matt Canada in and of itself? So this is where you think, look, the play calling is great. We have to execute. It's up to us to take what Matt, what Coach Canada is telling us and to execute on the field. There's nothing wrong with the play calling. We have to do our job. That's the stock answer. What do we get? Listen to the first sentence. And, and this is, again, I heard this in audio and then brought up the transcripts. Quote, I think that's going to happen when you're not scoring as many points as people think you should. So he doesn't even say... That no, that no, that's not true. We're not unhappy with the play calling. He says basically people are going to be upset with the play calling because you're not scoring points. And I'm sitting there, literally thinking to myself, if I'm the the director, the the, the public PR, public relations, or the director of communications, I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, can this guy not just avoid some of these questions? Matt Canada is a pro at this. Mike Tomlin is a pro at this. They will tell you everything with telling you nothing at all. And then Mitch Trubisky goes on, and I understand he's probably not. There's nothing that is nasty about that comment. There's nothing that is you know vindictive about that comment. It just is one of those situations where the Steelers just continue to put their foot in their mouth. They're creating more noise by saying some of the things that they're saying. And it's not just Mitch Trubisky. It's Deontay Johnson. It's Chase Claypool. It's so many of these players that are getting microphones put in their face. It's just, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. They talk about the noise and they want to blame the media. Everyone wants to, everyone wants to blame the media for everything, especially in the NFL. But in, in the NFL, you can control what they put out there based on what you do or do not say. And that's something I just I wanted to point out. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about some rookies. I just want to do a quick rookie review, which these don't take long, considering the fact there's not a lot of rookies that are contributing. You look at Connor Hayward; he has yet to really make any type of splash on offense. He's been primarily a special teams player. Not that there's anything wrong with that, to quote Seinfeld, but still, that's just where he is at this stage in his career as a rookie. DeMarvin Leal's role is is expanding as the as the season progresses. That's good to see. George Pickens. His role is expanding as the season progresses. That's what you want to see. And so is Jalen Warren. Although Jalen Warren better not put that football on the turf again. And fans better be saying while they watch Jalen Warren, please don't fumble. Please don't fumble. Because you know what's going to happen if he fumbles again? It's going to be Benny Snell Jr. time. 
You don't think you think I'm joking? Wait and see what happens. The dude didn't get another carry after he fumbled the ball in week three on Thursday night football. He will not see the football again if he fumbles it. Mike Tomlin's made that very clear with running backs. You fumble the ball, you don't play. You fumble the ball, you don't get the ball again. You have to earn that trust back. But what you should start to see here is all these players, you know, Jalen Warren's undrafted, Leal Pickens, Hayward, wherever they were drafted does not matter. And you should start to see their roles expand as the season progresses. And so far, outside of Hayward, which I really hope to see him be involved more in the offense, outside of Hayward, I like the the trajectory of these players. I think they are starting to see an expanded role, and that's really, really important to see their development going in the right direction. All right, so there's the rookie review. Let's get to... The preview, which is going to include the injury report. We'll start there with the injury report. Now, reminders, this is just Wednesday and Thursday. Friday, today, is when the official injury report, the final, I should say, the final injury report comes out, in which case you're going to see the game status attached to every single player that's been on the injury report. But we're going to go over this. We're going to go over on what happened on Wednesday, September 28th, as well as Thursday, September 29th. See which way they're trending, what this tells us. Let's get this show on the road. Wednesday, September 28th, Presley Harvin... Uh, The punter, he had that left hip inflammation. He was a full participant on Wednesday and a full participant on Thursday. So barring something happening where the hip gets worse or something, he he is going, he's trending towards playing. I actually predict him to not have a game status after Friday. Akello Witherspoon, cornerback, not as good a news as Presley Harvin. And I said this. After the game on, go back to last Friday's episode, and I will say, when they ruled him out with a hamstring immediately, that tells me it is more of the serious variety. Hamstring injuries can be tricky. Akella Witherspoon has not practiced either Wednesday or Thursday. I do not foresee him playing this week. I think they give him a rest, a week of rest, and hope that maybe he can come back for the game against the Buffalo Bills in Week 5. Minka Fitzpatrick is the name that everyone wants to talk about. Minka Fitzpatrick coming off of a concussion. Again, I talked about this a lot this week with the concussion protocol, the fact the Steelers had 10 days to get him back to full participation. He was a full participant on Wednesday, a full participant on Thursday. Barring a setback, he should be cleared and good to go on Sunday. So unless Friday he has symptoms and he gets sent backwards, he should be good to go. I actually predict that he won't have a status either. uh, Offensive lineman Kevin Dotson with an ankle injury. He was a full participant Wednesday and Thursday. Again, trending in the right direction. I don't see him having a game status either. And Larry Ogunjobi, not injury-related, gave him a day off on Thursday. He's going to play on Sunday. So if you look at my predictions, and this is something Dave Schofield does where he predicts the inactive list, the only the only player I see having a game status barring a new injury or a setback is Akello Witherspoon being rolled out for this game. That's what I think his game status will be. But let's look at the Jets. The Jets, you look at Wednesday, Quincy Williams, a linebacker with an ankle, did not practice, and he didn't practice on Thursday either. Cornerback Brandon Eccles with a hamstring was limited both Wednesday and Thursday. Defensive lineman John Franklin Myers with a toe injury limited both. I uh, was limited on a Wednesday and a full participant on Thursday. And quarterback Zach Wilson with a knee. He has been a full participant both days. He is going to play and he is going to start. We knew this. It was already announced by Robert Salah of the, the head coach. He is going to play 
that's going to be a really interesting wrinkle in this upcoming game. Let's look at the team records. Both teams enter this game one and two. The New York Jets lone win comes against the Cleveland Browns that come back, come from behind win uh, with, with Joe Flacco. And then you also look at the Steelers. Uh, they are one and two. Their lone victory coming over the Cincinnati Bengals in week one. So both of these teams are struggling mightily, but still let's take a look at the spread. What is the spread according to the DraftKings Sportsbook? As of this being recorded, the Steelers are getting the stock three-point home uh, spread with an over-under set at 40 and a half. Interesting numbers there. We'll get to our predictions in the second half. The last five games in this series, it's three to two in favor of the Steelers. The last time they met, most people remember that. That was the game where Mason Rudolph got hurt. Duck Hodges was in and out of the lineup. The Steelers lost to a Le'Veon Bell-led uh, Jets rushing attack. You know, when you think about this game at Acroshore Stadium, there's something about the Jets that they're, I don't know what it is. They always seem to, at least in my opinion, give the Steelers fits. It's not that the Steelers don't win those games. They've won more than they've lost. I mean, you look at the career overall uh what what this series is, it is twenty to six in favor of the Steelers all time in this matchup. So the Steelers have had the Jets number, but they just always seem to let them hang around. And that can be infuriating. The Steelers won't have TJ Watt, but the Jets are going to be without their starting tackles. They're on, I think, a third and four string tackle. They hire they got someone off the streets, I believe, and they might be starting. So this is going to be something that'll definitely play a role in this matchup when we're talking about keys to victory. And let's do that right now. Let's talk about keys to victory. You know what I do. I talk about offense and defense, what I think the Steelers need to do for victory to be obtained, something that the Steelers need to have happen. Because let's be honest, the title of this podcast is Screw Style Points. The Steelers just need a win. I said this, and let me back up before we get to the the keys to victory. I said this on Wednesday. I said, I want them to win in a certain fashion. I take that back. I really do. This is one of those games where the Steelers are in a way where they just need a win. I'm not even talking about what's coming up on the schedule. I'm not talking about the Bills. I'm not talking about the Dolphins, the Buccaneers, the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not talking about any of those teams. I'm talking about this game and the way the Steelers are trending right now. They just need to find a way to win. It could be ugly, and that's not going to improve the fan confidence at all, but it's just what they need. Find a way to win. Am I going to complain if the Steelers have a dominant victory? Of course I'm not going to complain if the Steelers have a dominant victory. But at the at the same time, I'm not going to complain if they find a way to win, even if it's ugly, because that's just what this team needs. So let's get to how they need to have that happen. On offense, they need to establish the run. And it starts with sticking with the run. In all three games, this is kind of crazy, in all three games so far, the Steelers have had 22 attempts. And that includes Mitch Trubisky runs, Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, anyone else, Derek Watt even has a carry. All those players, that counts. So we're not talking about 22 carries for Najee Harris. 22 team carries, that's not enough in my opinion. That needs to go up. you got to establish the run. Second thing, you have to hit on big plays. I'm going to cite something that I talked about on Wednesday with play action. Dave Schofield looked it up, and he even went further with the play action, how the Steelers have been ridiculously successful with play action passing, and they're just not doing it. 
They're just not running those plays. You need to hit on those big plays, and it can come from play, action, passing. It doesn't have to always be a gadget play. Sometimes it can just be stick the football in the belly of the running back, pull it back, turn your body, find the open man, the good matchup, and fire that ball downfield, and then also just connect on those plays. I mean, when you think about the week three loss in Cleveland, Deontay Johnson, he had a couple drops. Now, one of them, they didn't credit him with a drop, but Mitch Trubisky put the ball in the money. I think about George Pickens in the end zone, where it looked like he was trying to catch it one-handed when he almost could have gotten two hands on the football. You just have to make those plays. So when we're criticizing these players and say they need to hit on the big plays, sometimes it's not just the quarterback. Sometimes it's actually the, the other players need to bring in the ball in. Pat Fryermuth takes one right off the face mask. You got to make the catch. Last key for offense, keep it clean. They've they've only had three turnovers this year, and one of those count is that crazy lateral play at the end of week three in Cleveland, which turned the score from 23 to 17 to 29. That counts. It still counts, but they, they can't turn the ball over. This is a game where if you keep it clean, it's going to be difficult for the Jets to win on the road. Let's go to defense. You have to make the Jets one-dimensional. The Jets are averaging 84 rushing yards a game. You have to shut it down. Shut it down enough that you're pushing the ball into Zach Wilson's hands. Now, Zach Wilson did not get a lot of reps in the preseason. That's when he got hurt. He's coming back. you got to think he's going to be rusty. How much does he trust his leg? Put the ball in his hands. If they're going to beat you, make it be with the inexperienced second-year quarterback. The next key. You got to get the offense extra opportunities. The New York Jets have seven turnovers so far this year. They have a minus four differential. You have to be able to get the offense those extra opportunities by taking the ball away and also getting off the field on third down, something the Steelers have struggled with so far this season. The last key for the defense, the sack party. The Jets have surrendered nine sacks. Do the math, that's three a game. Even I can do that math. Now it's Wilson and not Joe Flacco. That might matter. But there's a ton of injuries, as I mentioned earlier, to that offensive line. They absolutely can take advantage of those very green tackles. We'll put it that way. Maybe Alex Highsmith adds to his NFL leading four and a half sacks. It's going to be something to watch. That's my defensive keys. So let's go over the offense one more time. Establish the run. Hit on big plays. Keep it clean. On defense, make them one-dimensional. Second, get the offense extra opportunities. And the last one, Get a piece of the sack party. All right, folks, it is time for my NM, my, my DraftKings parlay. My, my DraftKings parlay has been about as good as the Steelers' offense so far. I, th- I feel like I'm, I'm due. All right, but every week this season, we're going to be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. So in other words, you get the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you go to the website, you open up the app, or you go to the website on Sunday morning. If you live in the if you live in Pennsylvania or in West Virginia, you look at the top, you're going to see BTSE's parlay. That is it. You can click on it and you'll your ticket is ready. All right, so this week our parlay is. I went with individual players this time. I did no team stuff. So here we go. Chase Claypool receiving yards 45 or more. Okay, so it's not 45, you know, over. It's, I'm taking 45 or over. That's a plus 125 bet. So that's the first leg. Second leg, 
Najee Harris receiving yards. I was stunned. 25 yards or more, plus 135. I feel like 25 yards or more, that's pretty That's pretty low. I like, those, I like that number there for the second leg of my parlay. Then the third one, an anytime touchdown score. So all this player has to do is score a touchdown in the game at some point. Not the first touchdown score, just anytime touchdown score. I have Pat Fryermuth, plus 235. One thing I've seen about the Steelers' offense so far is that they've responded to criticism. They haven't been going over the middle. They didn't get Pat Fryermuth involved a lot last week until the very end. I expect him to have a big game. I expect him to pay dirt. So there you go. The Chase Claypool receiving yards, 45-plus. That's plus 125. The Najee Harris receiving yards, 25-plus. That's plus 135. And an anytime touchdown score with Pat Fryermuth is a plus 235. Be sure to check out our BTSE Twitter page where there will be a link for you to bet all of this. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Remember, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. I've got to hit on one of these. <laughs> come on, man. i got to hit on one of these. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Jeremy Betts is going to join me for the All Bets Are Off segment. And stay tuned to the very end for a special Heart to Heart. We'll be right back. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it's the second half of the Friday show. That means it's time for the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. And this is the second time we've talked to him this week. I feel honored for that. Uh, Jeremy, what's going on, man? Hey, I feel honored for you having me on twice in the same week. Uh, Hopefully uh, the fans of Let's Ride don't go, yeah, let's turn this bets off instead of uh, enjoy the All Bets Are Off. Hey, the ride or die crew is very, uh, they, they like it. They like it a lot. I can tell you that right now. Cool deal. Let's, um, let's talk about the upcoming game with the Steelers. You, you talk yeah. about the upcoming game. Uh, there's something that Mike Tomlin always talks about that I wanted to kind of pick your brain with, and that, that is style points. You know, sure. He's famous for saying style points don't matter. There's a lot of people in the fan base that when they think about this game, style points matter. They don't just want to win. They want a convincing win. They want this team to play a certain way. Sure. Are you of that ilk? Or are you someone that says, look, they just need a win? I, that's where I find myself right now. Yes. Just just find a way to win. Where do you sit on that? Well, to it, yes. Just get get the win. Uh, it's If you look at it from the perspective of we've got a really tough schedule coming up and we're not going to have our best player for basically all of it, uh, this is as, as close to a must-win game as you can get in week four of, of a season. So, uh, And I hate calling it that, but I would say you got to win this game. And, you know, the style points, you know, would it be awesome if the offense came out and put up 30 points and the defense shut down Brees Hall and Michael Carter and looked really convincing, like they've got some things fixed, had a couple turnovers in the Steelers, 130-17? to 17? Absolutely it would. But would it also be – great if the offense did enough to win and the defense did enough to win either at this point and you know neither one has happened yet uh, or has happened since week one I think the defense really did enough to win in week one and week two but the offense in week two just wasn't 
and then the defense couldn't shut down Nick Chubb and the run game when they needed to against the, the Browns on helped lead to their demise. A complete game would be nice, but really I just want to see enough from the defense and the offense to win. Yeah, it's it's something where, you know, when I think about what people are saying, like I, I want to see them go out and, and do X, Y, or Z. I just sure. want to go that and watch them go out there and win a freaking game. I mean, you think about it, even yeah. go back to week one and how they, yes, they won, but it was not pretty. It <laughs> took an ugly overtime period. And a lot of people might say that it shouldn't have even needed an overtime period. Offense ineptitude was definitely one of the themes of that game. I just think that if the Steelers came out and the offense looked better and mm. it looks smoother and there's a rhythm yeah. and they look in sync and it's four quarters. And even if they yeah. only put up 25, 26, that's just a random number that came off my head. It doesn't even make sense sure. mathematically <laughs> for football, but still let's say they just go like mid twenties scoring range. Yeah and they win by a touchdown or even less, I don't care. That's improvement. I want to see them improve. I want to see this team actually go out and look like they could contend with any of these teams they have coming up. It's a daunting stretch. I mean, we talk about the Bills, the Dolphins, the Buccaneers, the Eagles. That's a tough stretch. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Just find a way to win. But when you talk about winning the game offensively, what are some of your keys? I talked about my keys in the first half of the show. What are some of your keys on offense for the Steelers to win this game? Then stick to the run game. I think that's what was the catalyst for the offense's uh, success on their first half against the Browns on Thursday night. It was Najee Harris and Jalen Warren taking over the game and allowing Mitch Trubisky and that's what it's going to take. And then when you got to the second half of that game, it seemed like if the Steelers ran for one or two yards on first down, then Matt Canada was just done with it. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to run the ball anymore if we can't understand it to a point. But you got to stick to it. Just because one rushing play goes for two yards doesn't mean the next one's going to. So um, you can't just abandon a whole uh, portion of your offense, especially when – you don't have that kind of quarterback that can just take over the game. And um, yeah, you can lob up 50, 50 prayers to your big receivers, but they're 50, 50 prayers for a reason, right? They're not going to come down with them every single time. And that limits your offense. So they got to establish and stick to the run on offense. Absolutely. What about the defensive side? What's your big keys there on the, on the defense for when they go against Zach Wilson, who, which by the way, is cleared. He's going to start. <laughs> yep. uh, there was the debate of, is it going to be Flacco? Is it Wilson? No, it's Wilson. So yeah. they've never played him. Second-year quarterback has not played much this season at all. What are your thoughts on that side of the football? You know, since T.J. Watt left the lineup, absolute issues getting to the quarterback. And we saw Alex Highsmith get home uh, again on Thursday, and then some somebody else had a sack on Thursday. I can't remember who it was, um, shared a half sack with him. and Larry. Larry, uh, Larry yeah. Ogunjobi, that's yep. right. So – you know, the, the defense for the Steelers is predicated on pressure, whether that's getting there with the front four or finding creative ways to for a young to mess him up is to put put your defenders in his face and not allow him to get to his second and third reads, not allow him to feel comfortable back there. And so you've got to rush the passer on those key downs. He's 
able to get outside the pocket. He can throw from multiple platforms and, and breed a quarterback. He hasn't really done it yet like some of the other Holmes and, and Justin Herbert, guys like that, but he's got the tools to be able to. So you got to keep him in the pocket. you got to pressure him in order to be successful. And they've got a cast of weapons down there that's pretty good themselves. So getting to the quarterback is key. Yeah, they, they have some young talent. I, I really like the way their roster is being built. I don't think yes. it's there yet, but I really like the pieces they put in place. When you talk about the two-headed monster running back, you talk about Sauce Gardner, mm-hmm. even some young receiving talent. Uh, but the question remains, do they have the quarterback? And right. I don't – he's mobile, I guess. I, I assume the knee's healthy. Does he trust the knee? How much is he going to be willing to utilize his legs? This brings a whole new wrinkle to the game, in my opinion. Right. And I, I don't know what to say because I have not seen a lot of Zach Wilson play. I, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy. You watch more college football than I do way more. Mm. Wasn't he like a one-year wonder at BYU? Absolutely a one-year wonder. And um, But his pretty wonderful, <laughs> uh, yeah. just to throw that out there. I mean, he looked really good. But, um, you know, the attributes – that made him a second round pick uh, to go along with his, his breakout year. It was those things that you talk about, his ability to move, his ability to throw for multiple and, you know, teams fall in love with traits in the draft process. And that's what bumped him up to number two overall pick. If I'm scouting, I didn't have him as my number two quarterback in that draft class. The, some of the intangibles uh, as well with him. So that's why he's in the position he's in. But I would say this about the Steelers and the Steelers coach. And I'm talking the last four or five years. I, I think they've done a really good job of containing mobile quarterbacks. And if you look at, uh, if you look at this year as a sample size too, right on the, victory over Joe Burrow. And I know they had TJ Watt in the lineup, so we're not discounting that they got carved up to a point by pocket passers and Mac Jones and Jacoby Brissett. Maybe they have a little more trouble uh, with the guys that can read and diagnose the field like that, as opposed to the guys who get out and move around. And so, you know, it could work to this tape on this guy if you're Pittsburgh as well. So you gotta, you gotta kind of go in there with your head on a swivel and, and make plays. There was a part of me, and we're going to get to our NFL picks here in a second. There was a part of me that I, I was hoping Zach Wilson would come back for this game. Yeah. He he is rusty. He has yes. to be rusty. I mean, yeah, you've thrown the football as a knee injury, not an arm injury. But in terms of getting out there and playing, the guy's hardly played this year. He struggled last season. I believe he finished 3-10 and and 13 starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's turned the ball over a lot. Joe Flacco playing, I just didn't want to see that. Everyone's like, oh, let's beat right. up on Flacco one more time. I don't know if you all remember, because I sure do. Flacco has done his damage against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. And so I I did not want to see Joe Flacco do what he did against the Browns a few weeks ago and have him Mm -hmm. going into the Jets locker room, hoopla and all this stuff. That would be a nightmare. Give me Zach Wilson. I like our chances. But let's talk about our our NFL picks. Your picks have been great. Uh, Mine have been atrocious. Your (laughs) over-under has been garbage. My over-under has been great. Now, we don't go to over-under on uh, this specific podcast. We just pick versus the spread. If you're interested in our picks in terms of over-under and versus the spread, 
on Saturday, I believe. And actually, I think it's Friday afternoon. Dave Schofield always puts out all of our staff picks on the website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You can check it out. It's got our rankings. It's got our overall record versus the spread, uh, all that stuff. Check it out. Jeremy is in the lead. So listen to him, not me. Let's get this started. Uh, we have Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Why they're in London. Minnesota Vikings and New Orleans Saints in that neutral site field. The Minnesota Vikings are giving two and a half here. What do you think, Jeremy? I like the Vikings. I haven't seen a lot out of the Saints I can believe in. And it looks like some of their key players are less than 100% or might not even play. You might be down Jameis Winston in this game. Um, You know, Jameis Winston isn't a world beater, but I think he's a a good bit better quarterback than past his prime Andy Dalton, who would be the next guy up there. So the Vikings have a lot of weapons, and I think it's good enough to win. They came off a rousing victory against a division opponent. I like the Vikings. Oh, my gosh, the Red Rockets down there. I didn't know that. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, Minnesota, minus two and a half. I like it. All right, let's go to the next game at one o'clock. Cleveland goes down to Atlanta. Cleveland's giving one and a half on the road. They're coming off of the big win, obviously, with the Steelers. What do you think about this game? Actually, uh, to, I would take them on the money line, too. The Falcons, Ooh. They, they have some sizzle, and um, I don't know. Maybe this is a little bit of bias because I have some family members that are Falcons fans as well. And, uh, uh, but I just think that offensively they, they can keep you on your toes and um, they have a better uh, uh, than Cleveland has probably faced yet. Um, so I would say that the the Falcons could get in trouble. I, I like the Falcons uh, at one and a half. I was shocked. It was just one and a half. I thought it'd be more. I like Cleveland going on the road and winning at least by a field goal and covering the spreads. I'll take the Browns now a game that everyone's going to want to watch. If the Steelers didn't play at the same time, I'd be glued to this game. That's Buffalo bills at the Baltimore Ravens in M&T bank stadium. The Ravens are getting three points at home. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this game? Bills are absolutely decimated on defense. I think last week they had seven starters on defense out to injury and they're going to be missing a five, including uh, both of their starting cornerbacks and both of their starting safeties. One. Um, that being said, the Ravens defense has struggled so far this year, giving up a lot of points to their opponents. And I love this bill's offense. I really do. I fantastic player. I'm taking the bills. I'm taking the bills at, at three points. And, uh, um, I'm going to ride with, with, uh, uh, against the, the Ravens. I have the Ravens at home getting points. I'm not sure if they win. I think this is going to be a close game. Buffalo is going to be in for a, a back and forth affair. The over under set at 51. I'm hammering the over on yes, that. Absolutely. Um, I think this is going to be an up and down affair. If you like scoring, watch this football game. Uh, even though you're probably watching the Steelers, which is if you don't like scoring, but still I take the Ravens plus three in this game. Let's go to the Washington commanders and Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. The spread Dallas is giving three and a half Cooper rush continues to get the job done. What do you think about this game? This is a dud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, really is the NFC outside of Philadelphia. That is, but uh, I like the Cowboys here. I, I like their defense a lot. 
they might be the best defense in the league, Jeff, with the guys they have on the front seven and the takeaway machine on the back end in Trayvon Diggs. So I like the Cowboys here. Same with me. I like the Cowboys. Carson Wentz, I've watched a good bit of that game against Philly last week. Uh, Just awful. Just (laughs) awful. I remember laughing when they signed him. I continue to laugh still to this day. Jeff, Carson Wentz or Mitch Trubisky? Oh, I take Mitch. I would take Mitch, to be honest with you. I've watched enough Carson Wentz to know I've seen too much. All right, let's go to Detroit hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Detroit is giving four points at home. Yeah. Do they win in cover? They do. They absolutely change. I might I might change this um, from the cover. I still think they would win. But um, if DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown do not play, and neither have practiced to this point this week. So uh, we will see the practice report going into Sunday. But uh, I do – I love this Lions offense, and Seattle does nothing for me. So I, I'm taking – I'm taking the Lions. I didn't even know that these guys were hurt. I know DeAndre Swift. I saw that on Twitter, I think. Mm. But that's why you trust Jeremy and not me. So let's go (laughs) to the next game. Los Angeles Chargers go on the road to Houston. Los Angeles is coming off of that loss to Jacksonville. But down in Houston, Houston's struggling. The Chargers are giving five on the road. What do you think about this game? I'm taking the Chargers. Uh, Herbert should be a little healthier this week, and they should – they should get Keenan Allen back. So I think their offense will be more well-rounded, but more explosive. So I like the chargers against a moribund Houston team. I like this as well. The Los Angeles chargers bounce back game against Houston. Mm-hmm. I don't think Houston's very good. I'll take the chargers giving five uh, another dud. In my opinion, Tennessee and Indianapolis, Tennessee going to Indy. Indy's giving the standard stock three point home spread. What do you think about this AFC South game? Not. to be honest with you um i've got the titans uh getting or with the points they're getting here Uh, i just don't think indianapolis is that good especially on the offensive side and tennessee's defense scares me a little bit more i think they know how to play the colts as well and i i like uh mike rabel coach team uh whoever the colts coach is uh frank uh yeah frank the eagles old offensive coordinator but yeah i like the titans this week I actually like the Colts here. I don't know what it is that they showed me something against Kansas city, their defense, especially last week. That was the shocker of the week. And so I'm going to take the Colts stay in at least relevant and hot. I'm going to take the Colts giving three. Let's go to one o'clock. Still Chicago bears at the New York giants. The giants are coming off of that Monday night loss to Dallas. Chicago is coming off a win over the Houston Texans. The giants are giving three and a half points. What do you think about this game? This game be the ugliest game of the week. Uh, Yeah. Um, the Bears, uh, the Bears and the and the Giants want to run the ball in this game. The Bears had 280 yards rushing, just kind of crawling all over their opponent. But uh, I like the Giants. I, I think that the Giants are uh, the better team, and so I think that they'll cover. I like the Giants as well, giving three and a half. I'm just Justin Fields looked awful last game. I mean, he was mm-hmm. the, yes. trying to watch him throw the ball was painful. So I'll take the Giants. A game that on paper when the season came out would not have been considered anything close to marquee and it's not marquee, but is this is going to be more of an intriguing game than people think the Jacksonville Jaguars going to Philadelphia. Everyone says, Oh, this is going to be a no brainer. Jacksonville all of a sudden looks like a, a, a team that is not going anywhere. Uh, Trevor right. Lawrence is playing better. Their offense is putting up points. They're coming off a win over the LA chargers. Philly looks great. Not taking anything away from them with Jalen hurts. 
um, and their wide receiving weapons, which it seems like, you know, you take away AJ Brown, you got another guy on the other side. It's going to do damage like they did against Washington last week. Jacksonville's yep. getting six and a half on the road here though. What do you think about this game? I like Jacksonville to keep it close. And the reason is their defense is line. We, the Jaguars in the preseason, that defensive line ate up line. Uh, and I know it was preseason, but it was a Harbinger. Uh, Jack, the Jaguars defensive line is absolutely crushing it. Close. I don't know if they'll win. Um, they've got the pieces to do it on offense, but on offense, but the Eagles are just uh, too good, I think. So, uh, but I do like the Jaguars uh, getting the points here. I love the Jaguars plus six and a half. And there's something yeah. about this game. There's something about this game that if I was a gambling man and I wanted to say, I want to make a risky bet, but I like the way it's trending. I would take the Jaguars straight up. I just think this is a team that could go into Philly and maybe shock the world and everything would be flipped upside down. Like the Eagles are at the top of power rankings and then they just tumble back down, but we'll see. Hey, it's the Doug Peterson revenge game. That's so true. You- Good angle. Totally forgot yeah. about that. So yeah, we both like the Jaguars getting six and a half. We'll talk about the Steelers game in a second, continuing at four Oh five on Sunday, the Arizona Cardinals go to the Carolina Panthers across the country. The Arizona Cardinals are getting a point and a half. What do you think about this game? Um, I, I like the Cardinals here. Um, pa- the Panthers, um, but their offense is just not explosive. And even Christian McCaffrey is looking like a lesser version of himself. Um, I saw a tweet. I can't remember who put it out, but uh, it said, stat lines looking like Derrick Henry these days. And that's not something you're used to seeing out of the the – well-rounded back in in Carolina, but I like the Cardinals. They they need to bounce back here. Um, they are just not good in all phases right now, but I think they have the pieces to be, and so I'd like to see them rebound. I think they can do it against Carolina. I like Arizona getting a point and a half, even though they have to go across the country. I think they're going to be a, a tough team to beat when all said and done. I'll take the Cardinals. Uh, Four twenty-five. The New England Patriots go to Green Bay. Mac Jones, high ankle sprain. Not sure if he's going to play. Hasn't practiced yet this week. Doesn't look like it. So it might be the Brian Hoyer show. The Patriots are getting nine and a half on the road. Green Bay's coming off a big win. What do you think about this one, Jeremy? It's a big spread, but I still like the Packers. Um, the Packers. Also is very good. I think we've been talking a lot about uh, defenses across the league in this segment, but good. I think a Mac Jones less uh, Patriots offense is a worse Patriots offense, and they're already not great. So um, I trust Aaron Rodgers and the Packers put up enough points to uh, keep this wide and the the defense to hold. I like the Green Bay Packers as well, minus nine and a half. I think they cover. If Mac Jones was playing, it'd be different, but he's probably not going to. So I'll take the Packers. I'm a little concerned about how many were. I'm a little concerned about how many were getting the same this week. You should be nervous. Yeah, yeah, you should be concerned. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to 425. Still, the Denver Broncos, Las Vegas Raiders, AFC West matchup in Las Vegas. The Raiders are giving two and a half. Denver looks absolutely awful on Mm -hmm. offense. You think the Steelers are bad? Watch the Broncos. You might feel better about yourself. What do you think about this game? I still like the Broncos. I think that they'll their offense will come around. Will pick up. are just dysfunctional on the defensive side of the ball and they cannot get stops when it counts uh, for anything. So 
defense has been doing so, the Broncos defense might be um, one of the better units in the league at keeping teams from scoring once they get down into the red area. So um, I think – and uh, this may be the game they really need a win. So I'm, I'm kind of pushing my luck here maybe, but uh, I'm going with the Broncos. Uh, we, we agree again. I'm going All with the right. Denver Broncos plus two and a half, even though they're on the road. I just think there's a lot of potential within the Denver Broncos. Their defense is playing well. Las Vegas just looks like a dumpster fire. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos plus two and a half Sunday night football. It was announced on Thursday that this game will be held in Florida, Tampa. The Tampa area did not get hit with the hurricane as hard as other areas. Um, Thoughts and prayers to all those people down there. Yes. But Tampa Bay is going to host the Sunday night game against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are getting, I'm sorry, giving one and a half points in mm -hmm. prime time. What do you think about this game? A rematch, revenge game for Kansas City. If you can, and just being a regular season game, not a playoff game. The, the, the Chiefs here, they also came off an embarrassing loss where they to the Colts. Uh, the Chiefs should have won that game own way, and uh, so I like them to rebound here and take down Tom Brady and company in Tampa. While Tom Brady's playing well, I don't think the Buccaneers are playing well. I like the Chiefs as well, giving a point and a half, even on the road, prime time. I think they find a way to win. Let's go to Monday Night Football. This game, AFC uh, NFC West matchup, LA Rams are getting one and a half points against the San Francisco 49ers on the road. Jimmy G back at the helm. What do you think? Yeah. This to me is a, uh, or this, I guess this spread has a historical connotation to it. because Shan has kind of owned Sean McVay across their career in their um, matchups in the regular season. I went against Shanahan and that was in the playoffs last year. So, uh, here with San Francisco, also the home team, but I like the Rams. I think the Rams' offense is rounding into form. Their defense looked sh pretty. Sh the Rams here. I like the Rams as well, plus one and a half. I'll take it. And let's go to the game everyone cares about. Sunday, one o'clock, Acrisure Stadium. The New York Jets go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are giving three your standard. I've seen three and a half, but I've got three in front of me with the over under yep. set at 41 and a half. How do you see this shaking out there, Jeremy? And what is your prediction? So I struggled with this one, you know, in the lead of it, it was the last one I, I actually picked on, on tally site. Um, and I usually just go in order, but I had to skip it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, uh, part of me wants to believe. And we're seeing proc of the ball, but the eye test is telling me something a little different. And I think it's hard. That. But I do think with Rusty Zach Wilson uh, coming in, and you know, this is a this is I talk about this on, but I don't think this is a a trap game for the Steelers because the Steelers aren't good enough to be able to consider this a trap game, right? We as fans shouldn't be considering this as a trap game either because the Jets and and the Steelers, for all intents and purposes, are equals right now, and um, the Steelers need to show something different. So I am going to take the Steelers at minus three. I have the final score. at. I think the offense has a little bit better outing this week. Um, and that's more about the opponent they're facing, I guess, than the, uh, the offense's actual ability, but 
a few things can work in the Steelers' way. Maybe they get a, a turnover on a rusty Zach Wilson. I think that they can handle this spread. So I like the Steelers. What was your score again? I couldn't. You broke up a little bit. What was that score? Uh, sorry, my score was 24-20. Steelers. Okay. I like the Steelers. I'm picking this freaking score until it comes close to being true, and it's the Steelers win 23-17. to I think this is the third or fourth time this year. There you well, go. Well, it could only be the fourth. At least the <laughs> third time. Yeah that I've picked a 23-17 score. And there's been a couple times I'm like, oh, this is going to work out perfect. Yeah. Like it's setting up perfectly, and it doesn't. I think the Steelers, like 23 is about where I see them finishing offensively. The Jets, like you said, with the Rusty Wilson, 17. I like that. They've covered the spread. It would be slightly under that 41 and a half, but mm-hmm. ultimately I like this game. And, and, hey, I wouldn't be shocked if the Steelers put up 28. Yeah. Or even get closer to 30 because I think the offense is trending in that direction, but we'll see. All right, Jeremy, tell people how they can find you on social media. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at the bets 93. And, uh, you can, uh, follow my stuff on the website as I do the live tweeting for the BTSC account. So if you want to tweet back at me during games and whatnot, then uh, you can get me there as well. Awesome. Good stuff, Jeremy, as always. Thank you. And we will see you next week. Have a good one. I see you. All right, a big thank you to Jeremy Jerome Betts for taking the time to talk with us about the Steelers and this upcoming game against the Jets in Week 4. It's always fun to talk to him. Got to talk to him twice this week, so I feel honored. But let's finish this as we always do every Friday. I didn't do this last Friday. I totally forgot. I was so mad about the game, and we did the winners and losers, and I just ended the show. Didn't do a heart-to-heart last week. So this one is appropriate for both weeks. We'll put it that way. Folks, here's a question. My heart-to-heart is actually a question. Are you still enjoying this? Are you still enjoying these Steeler games? There's three games in the books. One and two. Shouldn't matter. You know, we all said before the season started, we are going to take make a vow that we are going to enjoy this season. Win, lose, or draw, we're going to enjoy the season. So I'm just checking in on you. Are you still enjoying it? Are you still taking it at face value? Because I'm going to say one thing. I want you to think back to the offseason. Think about how long it is. Think about how grueling it is waiting for games to come back, for training camp to start. Don't forget to enjoy the ride. It's, there's definitely going to be bumps. There's definitely going to be ups and downs. And there's obviously going to be twists and turns. But you have to enjoy the ride. So are you still enjoying it? I hope so. I hope my ride or die crew is still enjoying it because I'm enjoying it. I'm actually enjoying watching the team this year and seeing how they navigate these uncharted waters with new quarterbacks and new players and new faces, new coaches, all of it. I'm excited. I like this. They could lose games and I'm still going to enjoy it because I love the Steelers and I love talking about it and I'm never going to leave until they kick me out. All right. Folks, you know how we finish it out here. I'll be back on the post-game show. That's right. Check me out. Myself, Dave Schofield, and Brian Davis on Sunday after the game. We're going to talk about all things Steelers, wrap up the game, talk about stats, you name it. It's the standard post-game show. And I'll be back on Monday with winners and losers. In the meantime, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend, everyone. Go Steelers.